0: Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God, and that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Good morning, and uh, happy December. Here we are, believe it or not, December 2020. Joy to the world, y'all. I can't wait. Next Sunday, we're gonna start, uh, we're gonna actually have two Sundays in a row called Joy to the World, okay? We're gonna be looking at um, our Christmas topic uh, for this Christmas season, uh, but today we're not, not quite there yet. But what I wanna do before I get into today's message is, again, um, if anyone in, in, in the house this morning has been dealing with uh, any sort of sickness, okay, or in your family, you have someone dealing with sickness, okay? Please, with no shame, would you just lift up one hand, okay? There used to be no shame in sickness. This year it's like, you're no, okay? If you, if you have dealt with it, been dealing with a sickness or someone in your family, keep it up. Those of you on watching online, if you've been dealing with a sickness, maybe you wanna lift your hand up to heaven. Right now, Father, I thank you. Come on, let's all pray together as a family. Thank you, Lord, that you have provided for our healing and health. Jesus, you were beaten and you were whipped so that we could be made whole and we could be healed in our body, in our spirit, in our soul, and in every way. Jesus, it was by your wounds that we were healed. And today, Lord, we declare the reality of your word. Your word is alive, active, and effective. And today, your word is living in acting in, and it's being effective in our bodies. In Jesus' name, I declare the reality of the kingdom. Healing in Jesus' name, and everyone receive healing by faith today here online in our families. We declare it. We ask for it in your great mercy, by your great grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. ha <sighs> I just want to say uh, we're glad to see everybody here, um, and those of you that are watching us online, we miss you this morning, uh, and uh, I just want to invite everybody. I know that uh, RJ and Becca just mentioned it, but the next two Sundays are going to be uh, our Christmas theme, okay? So don't just come by yourself. Bring somebody with you, because everybody needs a little bit of joy in their world right now, right? Bring somebody with you. Um, to hear a message of joy and hope uh, this Christmas season. But today, I can't believe I'm saying this. Today is our final solid message of the year. If you're new, this entire year, the whole year 2020... We have been in this main theme called solid. The entire year we've been taking every Sunday, with the exception of a few and guest speakers and stuff, but pretty much every Sunday to examine the dozen or so central doctrines of the Bible. Because we have learned all year long that there's one thing that makes us strong, and it is practicing God's Word makes me strong. You know, it's the last time, well, I'm not saying I might not ever say it again, but it's for sure the last official message, so how about we say it strong one more time? Practicing God's Word makes me strong. Not just knowing God's Word. Practicing God's Word makes us strong, makes us solid in our life. Solid, disciples of Jesus. And we've looked at a dozen or so of the main doctrines, and last week we started our final one, okay? Our final main central doctrine of the Bible is about resurrection and judgment, and the title of this two-week mini-series is Seated, okay? Everybody say, he's still seated. seated. Now tell somebody else, he is still seated, Psalms 9, verses 7 and 8 in the Passion Translation say, But the Lord of Eternity, our mighty God, lives and reigns forever. He sits enthroned as king, ready to render his verdicts and judge with all righteousness. He will issue his decrees of judgment. Judgment deciding what is right for the entire world and dispensing justice to all. Revelation chapter 5, verse 13, And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. They sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one. Come on, belonging to the one. Seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Almighty God is seated on his eternal throne. Some of us need to remember that this morning. No matter what is happening around us, Almighty God is seated. And no one can remove him. And nothing can remove him. No one can even challenge him being seated on his eternal throne. He is seated and reigns forever and ever. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He's the Alpha and the Omega, right? He's the beginning and the end. He's the Father of creation. The Ancient of Days, the Bible calls him. The one from whom... And for whom everyone, everything and everyone was created and exist. And the Bible says that it's in the Father who's in the heavens that we live and move and have our very existence. And then there's Jesus. Jesus Christ, the living word of God. God has revealed himself in so many ways, but he wanted us to see a visible image of himself. So he came as one of us. He, his, the entirety of his word came as a human being. That's why we celebrate Christmas, right? The living word of God, Emmanuel, God with us. The express image of the Father, he came. The visible image, the Bible says, he's the visible image of the invisible God. God's perfect sacrificed lamb who rose and defeated death and then ascended back into the heavens with the Father. And what's he doing? Where is he? He's seated. Seated. Sentado. He's seated at the right hand of God's power forever interceding for us. And then, the sevenfold Spirit of God. The Bible says, "Why does it say that the Holy Spirit is sevenfold? Because He's all of God." Okay, the Spirit of God around the throne, but also sent into every corner of the earth, and even more importantly, sent to dwell in us, in our hearts. Come on, somebody. If you're a believer in Christ, guess, who, guess who's seated in you? The Spirit of God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Almighty God. Seated on His eternal throne. And the Bible says that the earth is just His footstool. He's seated there in all the kingdoms of the earth, even the ones that deny him and hate him. They're just a footstool under his feet. And he's awaiting, he's awaiting the proclamation, the finalization of the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ to every people group on the earth so that he can return to rule and reign forever and ever so that he can return. And when he does, he will resurrect us. We learned about that last Sunday, right? To resurrect us, to rule and reign with him forever and ever. So we can be eternally home with him. (laughs) And then y'all, where will we be? Seated with him. Come on, could you say, Your kingdom come? Come on, don't, don't think about just around you. Think about your heart. Your kingdom come, and your will be done in and through my life. <sighs> Last week, we learned and seated part one about resurrection. Now, not the resurrection like Easter. Even though he was the first, right? In fact, he had already raised people from the dead. But we're not talking about the resurrection. We learned about final resurrection, right? Final resurrection. We learned that through the reality that there is a final resurrection, we have two things. There are two things that we can experience in this life right now. Because the resurrection, the final resurrection, that all of us will be raised with him. We find two very powerful things in our life right now. They are... Was anyone here last Sunday? (laughs) Hope. And what we all need right now, peace. Peace. There's hope because death is not the end. And there's peace Because what's been promised to us through Christ after death, there's no fear in death any longer if your hope is in the resurrection, okay? Now today, we're gonna go to part two, which is judgment. Now I'm not talking, when I say judgment, we're not talking today about judging people. Some of you are like, dang it! I thought I was going to learn how to judge. (laughs) We're not talking about judging here on earth or judging things or people or situations or no, but eternal judgment or final judgment. We learned last Sunday about final resurrection and today about final judgment, which is the culmination of the resurrection. And then it leads into the rest of eternity and I kept thinking this week, if there's one truth in the Bible that might be the most important, it's this one. If there's one truth that we've examined this year as we've been becoming solid, it's this one. If if there's one that's important that literally you have to get this, it's this one. Eternal judgment. Judgment. Final judgment, according to the Bible. You know, um, as usual, if you would like to follow along with the preaching, there's printed outlines back in the preaching box back there, but also through your Bible app, if you'd like to follow along, there's the main scriptures and points I'm talking about. But today, we learn again that according to the Bible, all of us have three inescapable appointments. You ever had an appointment you couldn't get out of? who's ever had to go to jury duty. Now, there there are ways to get out of it. (laughs) But there are three appointments that none of us can escape. Death, resurrection, and judgment. You know, this today, this is way more real to me than... Most of the time. And this, is, this is reality. Everybody's going to die. We're all going to die. Death is actually just part of life. <laughs> it's the end of the physical part of life. All of us will die. Even those of you that are 15 and maybe don't really think about it yet. Just in the past three days, I've, three people that I know personally have passed into eternity. And just over the past few months, seven people that I knew personally, some of them dear friends, have passed into eternity. They died. Their physical body gave out. Some of them were old this weekend, uh, Liz and Sara and Julian's, um, Mr. Julian's mother, their grandmother, uh, passed away on Thursday. Um, a, a pastor friend passed away. Another dear lady that was part of our congregation in Mexico passed away. I've known people recently in their 30s and 40s that passed away. They didn't die because they were old and it was time. But we never know when that time is going to come. You know, this morning as we sang the throne room song, I couldn't help but just be overwhelmed at thinking what they're seeing right now. I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't help but weep and get on my knees and think right now, right now what they're seeing. But this is, this is an appointment we can none of us can escape. Every one of us, some sooner than later, and I pray for all of us it'll be a lot later. Amen? We said last Sunday the life expectancy in the United States is 79. I believe and pray we'll all blow away past that one, right? But I don't know. The Bible says our life is like a vapor, here today, gone tomorrow, and Jesus said tomorrow isn't promised to us. All we have is today. One day we will all die. Last week we learned that not only will we all die, but we will all be raised again. We'll all be raised again. And not just as like disembodied spirits like gas floating around in the universe. No, no, no. Your spirit and soul will last forever. Your spirit and soul, which are connected, will last forever. Only our body is corruptible and will die. Our spirit and soul, made in the image of God, who is eternal, is eternal. It'll last forever. That's part of being made in the image of God. We also learned last Sunday that we're going to get new bodies. If you're in Christ, you're going to be resurrected, but not resurrected to live in this old clunker, right? We're going to get new bodies. But here's the uh, the third one. We will all be judged at the throne of Almighty God. All of us. Inescapable. Ecclesiastes 3.17 Some of these scriptures are repeats from last Sunday, but it says God will judge. Come on, are y'all with me? We have all the scriptures up here. God will judge judge both the righteous and the wicked. He doesn't just judge the wicked, he judges the righteous. (laughs) For there is a time appointed for every matter And to judge every deed. But so many people live like this is not going to happen. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28 says, Every human being is appointed to die how many times? Once. Come on, tell your neighbor, you are not recyclable. (laughs) Now your dust might be, but <laughs> I'm not recyclable. There is no come back another time and have another chance. That's not the way this works. Not according to what God has revealed through his word. We it says it is appointed for every human being to die once and then and then To face God's judgment. It's quieter than normal this morning. But when we die, and this phrase, when we die, is a reference to all human beings, okay? When we die, we will be face to face with Christ. The one who experienced death once For all to bear the sins of many, I could stop right there and preach for an hour, but all I can tell you is, he was already judged in my place and your place, so that we don't have to face the angry judgment of God. But, let's keep reading. And now, to those who eagerly await him, now this is not referring to everyone anymore. The, the, the last sentence was everyone. We'll all be judged. We'll all face him. But now to those who eagerly await him. Come on, we got any believers in the house this morning? And if you came and you weren't a believer yet, I believe you will leave you believe a believer today, okay? But to all of us who eagerly await him, believers, disciples, believers in Christ, right? He will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to bring us to the fullness of salvation. Oh, he came one time to be judged in our place, but the second time he's gonna come to totally, completely fulfill our salvation. Are you waiting for him? Eagerly. Oh man, he was judged for us, he was judged in our place. He bore my sins. He bore your sins. He went to the cross in my place and in your place. He faced God's angry judgment against sin instead of me and instead of you. But have you put your trust in him to save you? More on that in just a minute. All right. But before I continue, I just want us to think a few seconds. Anybody ready to think for just a minute? What is justice? It's a word that's kind of thrown around a lot. So many people have different ideas of what justice is, right? What is ju- what it- but what is justice? What is it? Did you think it yet? What is justice? Maybe even more important, what is the idea or the concept that's ingrained in the human spirit, right? Where did the idea of justice even come from? Why do we even have a sense of justice as human beings? Could it be because we're created in the image of a just God? The only reason you and I and every human, every human ever born has this sense Of justice, the Bible actually says God placed in the human spirit eternity. Okay, there's no escaping it. You can try to ignore it, but it's in there. Okay, every one of us has this concept of eternity. Okay, and every one of us has this feeling of there must be justice, right? But where does that come from? Well, actually, what is the concept of justice based upon? That there are fill in the blank. There are blank for right and wrong there are consequences right if there were no justice those who do right and those who do wrong would receive the same treatment right and how many of us know it don't work like that in society guess what it doesn't work like that in eternity either in fact the reason it doesn't work in society is because it doesn't work into in eternity That's the reason we even believe in justice. Because there is a just judge. Okay? Rather you are a brand new believer, you've been following Jesus for a long time, or you haven't believed yet, you were created in the image of God, therefore you bear this thing ingrained in you that is, there is justice. And the reason we believe in earthly justice is because there is divine justice. But the whole concept... In the human spirit of justice comes from judgment right what is judgment there's a right and there's a wrong and there are rewards for doing right and there is punishment or retribution for doing wrong right Right. come on somebody is it okay for the murderer and the non-murderer to receive the same treatment the same consequences, for the thief and the non-thief, for the liar and the truth. Is it okay, humans, for everybody to receive the same exact treatment, no matter how bad or how good they've been? No, it's not fair. Unfortunately, we're all rotten. Can anybody in the room raise your hand and say, I've never done anything wrong. Never once. Nothing. I've never thought, said, or done anything wrong. No. And we'll stand before Almighty God and be judged for everything. Judgment consists of both Rewards and retribution. Retribution for evil, for wrongdoing, and rewards for righteousness or right doing. This is something that is so misunderstood by so many people, including many people who claim to believe what the Bible says. But sometimes we don't know what the Bible says because we haven't really read it. Now we we can claim to know what the Bible says because we're Christians, because we come to church, because maybe we heard it, but the only way you can for sure know what the Bible says is if you've read it for yourself. Pretty much no service Encounter Church ever passes without at least alluding to this. We ought to read the Bible to make sure we know the truth. And one truth from beginning to end is that there is divine justice. And because there's divine justice, there's divine judgment. There will be judgment. Okay? So we're going to focus it just on two eternal realities as we move forward with this today. Okay? Two eternal realities. The first one is Your soul will be judged. Your soul will be judged. And the second one is, get ready, your works will be judged. My soul will be judged, and then my works will be judged. Let's start with the first one. Let's focus on this one first. Our soul will be judged. John chapter 5, verses 25 through 29 Jesus said, and I assure you that the time is coming and it's here now when the dead will hear my voice. The voice of the son of God. Who's going to hear his voice? Who? The dead. That means when you're dead, you can still hear. The dead will hear my voice. When you're dead, you're not gone, y'all. If you were gone, you couldn't hear anymore says, the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God. And those who what? Those who listen will live. Get this. I said it last Sunday. I said it again. Everybody's going to hear his voice, but not everybody's been listening. And what determines everything isn't if you hear him in eternity. You're going to hear him no matter what. But if you listen. Listen means to hear with the intention of obeying, right? Those who listen will what? Live. Anybody want to live for all eternity? Those who listen will live. Come on, tell somebody, listen to Jesus. Man, I love the next phrase. The Father has life in himself. In himself. God the Father, in himself, he he possesses life. And he's granted that same life-giving power to his son. And he has given him, who? The son, Jesus, authority to what? Judge everyone because he's the son of man. Because he came as one of us, he can judge us. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead, how many of the dead? All the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son and they will rise again. Last Sunday, right? We learned about that. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. Come on, somebody say reward. Reward. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. Come on, say retribution. retribution. Judgment is both rewards and retribution. Retribution and rewards. I, you know, again, I said it last week, I say it again. I'm glad he didn't say those who have done evil. It says those who have continued in evil. Because we've all done evil. Come on, somebody. It says those who have continued in evil. In other words, those who have had the opportunity to repent and don't. Refuse to repent, but instead insist on their evil. We will rise to experience judgment. Revelation 20. Oh, now we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. 20 verses... uh, uh, 11 through 15, this is a picture, this is a vision of eternity that the Apostle Paul had with Jesus. And I saw a great white throne and one sitting on it. What was he doing? Come on, he's seated. The earth and sky fled from his presence like they tried to run away. Imagine the earth and the sky trying to run away, okay? But they found no place to hide. God sees everything. In fact, God is present in everything. There's a psalm that says he's present in Hades. <laughs> he's present in death and hell. He's there. Like he There's nothing that can be hidden from him. I saw the dead, both great and small. Not great and small as in Cody and me, (laughs) tall and tiny, right? Okay? This is a reference like when Jesus said the first will be the last and the last will be the first. Both those who were thought of as important and both those who were thought of as unimportant in their life, okay? Both great and small. Did you know that everyone has equal value before Almighty God? No matter how important you think you are, you think somebody else is, you're equally important. And you're also not more important than anyone else. Both great and small. We're all going to equally stand before the perfect, righteous, holy judge. Okay? Both great and small. (sighs) Standing before God's throne and the books, plural, books were opened including the book come on somebody say the book the book of life which is one of the books is this symbolism or literal it doesn't matter okay it is a spiritual reality there's the there are books and there's the book okay and the dead were what Judged. judged according to what they had believed According to being more good than bad. And the dead were judged because of what they said. No, it says the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and they were judged according to their what? Deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book. Come on, say the book. book. In the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire your soul and my soul will be judged is this simple or is it complicated it's very simple it could not be simpler book of life or nah right come on ask your neighbor book of life or nah Turn to somebody else and say, libro de la vida? Oh, nee nah. See, it talks about books. We'll get to those books in a minute. But uh, of the books, it talks about one that's called the book, right? The book of life. The most important of the books. None of the other books matter without first the book of life. Right? Okay. This is the reality check that we all need to check ourselves. The Bible just says we're going to be judged for all we've done. Done. Not judged by just by what we believed. Judged by what we've done in thought. In word and in deed Even there's a scripture that says We'll give an account for every word we've spoken ah. <laughs> Big eye emoji right there on that one right? For every word I've ever spoken I'm going to give an account and so are you <sighs> Makes me only want to speak in tongues The rest of my life <laughs> But there's this the book, okay? So this is something I want us to be really, really careful with because some Christians get this wrong. It's not, okay? It's not only about having right doctrine, but about right actions. It's not only about right doctrine. It's about right actions. Many have great doctrine, believe great doctrine, Doctrine and do nothing with it. Many claim to believe what the Bible says, yet don't live their lives according to what the Bible says. And the Bible doesn't say we're going to be judged by what we believed. It's we're going to be judged by what we've done with what we believe. Look, I, I've, I've known people Who could tell you all the perfect doctrine of the Bible, yet they're not loving and living for Jesus? But I've also met some folks with some pretty wonky doctrine that love and live their life in love with Jesus, obeying him. They might think some really strange stuff that they think the Bible says. I know people... Who think that the gifts of the Spirit disappeared with the apostles? That's false doctrine. That's false teaching. Wrong. eh, Right? But some of them love and walk with Jesus with their whole heart. And guess where their names are? In the book of life. They're not going to be judged if they spoke in tongues or not. They're going to be judged about what they did with Christ. You know, I I, I know people who, again, I, I hope I'm not stepping on any toes or whatever. I know people, I know people who, you know, (laughs) I don't know, may venerate the Virgin Mary or whatever more than others, okay? And I don't agree with that. Personally, personal doctor, don't agree. But some of them are absolutely madly in love with Jesus and have received Jesus as the Lord of their life and are walking with Jesus. And others are not. I know people who could tell you exactly, like a Pharisee, exactly what the Bible says and what it means, but their heart is far from God. And they don't live their life. Their deeds don't reflect what they say they know to believe. And the Bible does not say the dead were judged according to what they said or believed. It says we'll be judged according to what we've done what we've done. You and I aren't saved because we go to the right church. You know, I've been in church pretty much my whole life, and y'all ain't no right one. (laughs) There's not a totally right one. Oh, but some will tell you that theirs is the only one. That's another one of those wonky doctrines. This is the church established by the Apostle Peter or whoever. Nah. Some of those people are living for Jesus with their whole heart. Some aren't. That being saved has nothing to do, really, I mean, it helps to go to a church, a good church, right? Please, you need to be going to a good church. I happen to think this one's a good one. Yeah, we try. <laughs> we try. But you're not going to be saved because you went to the right church. You're saved if you've trusted the Savior. Have you fully trusted in Christ to save you? Have you? Have you fully trusted in Christ to save you? If you haven't, do it right now. Don't wait for the end of the sermon. Because there's no magic. It has everything to do with your own personally calling out to him, to Jesus. Now, the other books are the books of our deeds, right? There's the book of life and the books of our deeds, by which we'll also be judged. And I'm about to get to that one, okay? But the book of life is the most important of all. The book of life has to do with the most important deed. And this is the the, the question we all need to be uh, asking ourselves. This is the main question. What have I done with Jesus Christ? Not what have I said. Not what have I thought. What have I done with Jesus? That determines everything. What we've done with Christ... In his death on the cross and resurrection, what we've done with the reality of who he is, what we have done with what he's taught us determines everything. None of the other books matter. An iota if her book isn't if her name isn't in the first book. He was already judged for our sin. Come on, y'all, listen. He was judged. He was judged. He was judged. Your sin, my sin, every bad thought, bad word, bad action, bad attitude, everything evil we've ever done, the Bible says that God the Father put it on Jesus. And he who had never sinned became a curse in our place. He became the perfect sacrifice for sin because he'd never sinned. Therefore, he could face judgment that we could not. He was judged in our place. Believe. Turn to him now if you have not. Confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. Be saved. Be born again. If you say, I've been to church, I think I'm saved, but I'm not sure. Right now, in your heart, even say it with your mouth, Jesus, I turn to you. I call to you. Save me. I declare you as my Lord. I turn away from sin. I turn away from the world. I turn away from my own way of doing things. I turn away from being my own Lord and I make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, I believe that you were judged in my place, that you went to the cross, that you hung there, you bled there, you died there for me and that you rose again to give me eternal life. Jesus, I receive you. I believe in you. I trust you. Do you have to say those exact words? No. (laughs) You have to mean it. Jesus. The question is, what have you done with Jesus? Because that determines everything. Not only will our soul be judged, but there's also those other books. Our works will be judged. I'm going to turn to somebody and say, what you do matters Our works will be judged. Now, as we look at this part, this is very important. Our works as Christians, okay? We're not talking about the world's works because no works count for anything without Christ, period. And some people don't like that. Well, then you don't like God, okay? No good work counts for anything eternally if it's not based on Christ, if Jesus isn't the foundation, it doesn't matter how good it was, it's not good. It may have been good in the world's eyes. It may have produced good in the world temporarily, but if it's not based on Christ, it counts for nothing in eternity. But our works as believers in Christ, as followers of Christ, everything we do, our works, will also, who be judged? Come on somebody. Jesus is the only foundation. We can build on if you don't believe me good believe the Bible first Corinthians 3 verses 11 through 15 for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we've already laid Jesus Christ If he's not the foundation it's all gonna crumble (laughs) Unfortunately he is the foundation for many but what they build still ends up crumbling because it's the wrong thing to be building. Oh, we're about to get to that one. Oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa. But first, understand, if Jesus is not your foundation, everything you do, when you die, it's all over. And it counts zero. But as a believer, you can actually work for rewards. Now listen, you cannot work for salvation If you try to work for salvation, you're not going to be saved. There's no amount of work we could do to ever make it happen. The work has been done. Jesus said it is finished. Judgment has been effectuated, right? The work to save us was done on the cross. But everything we build on that, the relationship we have in Christ, all of that can either be rewarded or just not count. Okay? Listen. I'm going to read it again. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation, okay, on Jesus, may use a variety of materials. And then we start getting pretty symbolic. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on judgment day, when? Fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. And the builders were believers, The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Doggone! I can live my whole life as a believer and get to heaven and everything I did either have some value or have no value? Jeez! The fire will reveal if my work has any value whatsoever. If the work survives, huh, the builder will receive a reward. Anybody want rewards? But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved. Thank God for the book. Huh? But like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames, we get into eternity. We're going to pass through the fire. And either you're going to barely make it through or you're going to make it through with something to be rewarded for. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just barely make it through. It says, what great loss. I mean, how, pardon me, how stupid to go through life Building stuff, working for stuff, that then you get there and it's like. Phew. But Jesus, but nothing. Just be glad your name was in the book. Whoa! Get this only eternal things can survive in eternity. Only eternal things can survive in eternity. It says that if the work survives, only eternal things can survive eternity. Okay? If I work, work, work for eternal results, I'm gonna receive eternal rewards. If I work for things that actually count in eternity, I'm going to be receiving rewards for those things that survive and are there in eternity. You could say eternal fruit on earth. If we reap eternal fruit on earth, we're going to reap eternal rewards in eternity in heaven, right? If what I do right now, if I live my life to accomplish things that are going to survive in eternity, things that actually count in eternity, I'm going to be rewarded for it. Man, that just makes me excited. It makes me really think, what am I doing? Does this really count? Have you ever asked yourself, is what I'm doing actually count? Does it really, really count? And I can tell you, I've done things before that I look at, that doesn't even count. Why am I doing that? Why am I spending my time, my energy, my money, even for Jesus, doing things that when I get to heaven, it's not going to matter if I did that or not. There are things that you're doing now that actually matter in heaven. Whatever, listen, whatever you do on earth in this life, that produces souls saved, disciples made, the kingdom built, anything that brings glory to God in any way, it's going to survive in eternity. And we'll be rewarded for it. But here's the other side of that coin. Whatever I did that was self-centered, parenthesis, even though it was good, Whatever I did, whatever works were self centered and only produced, get this, temporary earthly results, Uh, they're going to burn up. (laughs) Imagine working 50 years for something that in 150th of a second, (laughs) it's gone. What a waste! so important to understand i'm getting I'm, I'm, I'm about to end this here but i want us to understand something this is not i am not talking about people who are listen look at me please people who are in ministry most people will not do what i'm doing right now most some will some in this room do it already and will, some are called to quote unquote be in the ministry but as a christian your entire life is the ministry mom you have a ministry teacher you have a ministry security guard you have a ministry burger flipper you have a ministry minister to my stomach come on it's getting that time lawyer doctor nurse businesswoman Social worker, counselor, student. Whatever you do, do it in a way that glorifies God and points people to Jesus, and you'll get rewarded for it. Oh, I don't know if we got it. No matter what your purpose or role in life is, whether you're a full-time parent, a teacher, a doctor, a nurse, a student, a business person, a preacher. Whatever you do, do it in a way that leads people to Jesus. That brings glory to God. It points to Jesus. Some of us are going to be rewarded in eternity for things we didn't even know we were working for. But it's the way we lived our life and the way we talked to somebody and the way we ministered to somebody and the way we lived an example, a testimony, that because of that, somebody found Jesus. And we're going to get to heaven and they're going to go, and and, and we're going to be given a reward. And then what is this reward for? What did Jesus say? You visited me when I was in prison. You gave me water when I was thirsty. We don't remember doing that, Jesus. When you did it to anybody else, you were doing it to me. Oh Let's live every single day of our life as unto him. Rather, you're taking an exam at KSU. You're teaching children. You're serving at a restaurant. You're just being the best mom you can be. (laughs) Trying to lead your children to Jesus. What if a nurse in the house saved somebody's life because they weren't just nursing to nurse for a career. They truly cared about people's soul. And they did it in such a way that that person that they were caring for didn't die because they cared for them medically, but also led them to Jesus. And that person becomes the next missionary that takes the gospel. Guess what? Your administration of aspirin with a smile and a prayer, you're going to be rewarded for it. Not just the missionaries who cross the seas and preach the gospel. Yeah, yeah, now, some of we should do that too. But that's not what it's all about. Everything counts. Listen, everything can count. Unfortunately, most people live our lives doing things in a way that doesn't count. It just doesn't count. It's not bad. It's just not going to count. But if I live my life doing everything I do, pursuing Jesus, trying in every way to give glory to Him, to point to Him, to point others to Him, to lead others to Him, it's all going to be rewarded. It's all going to be rewarded. Man, that excites me. I don't want to get to heaven and go through the fire and turn around and go, dang, I mean, the Bible is the one that says it will be a great loss. A great loss. I want a great loss. I want a great reward. I don't know if some people get a bigger mansion than another. I don't know anything about that. And the Bible doesn't make that clear, so don't even try. Okay? Just don't even try. But I do know. The Bible says... We're going to be given crowns. And then, of course, we're casting those crowns at his feet. But we're all going to be rewarded. This is the... With all, in all statement of today. You ready? You can memorize it and take it home. Live now with your eyes on then live now with my eyes on then i gotta live this life but if i live this life with my eyes on what will count then that'll make the whole difference it really will that literally will make or break your reward in heaven. (laughs) Listen, what you do, let's go back, what you do with Christ now will determine where you spend eternity. He was judged for our sins so we could be forever delivered from the consequences. And if you haven't been delivered, if you haven't been forgiven, you can today. This is the third time insisting in the same message. But if you don't know Jesus, if you have not done the deed, the one that counts and determines everything else, if you're not sure if your name is in the book, today is the day, right now is the moment Turn your heart, fully surrender to Jesus because what you do with Jesus now will determine where you spend eternity. He was judged on the cross so we could receive rewards rather than retribution. It's because of what he did on the cross that I can look forward with hope to a reward in heaven don't look forward to being judged and condemned it's because of the cross i will be judged righteous because in my place he was judged sinner We don't have to face divine justice in fear. If you haven't fully surrendered your life to Jesus, do it right now, do it right now. But also work now for forever results. I ask myself this: Am I working and striving just to enjoy this life, or to invest in eternal life? Am I working and striving now to just enjoy this life, or also, or to invest in eternal life? Come on, why don't we all just stand to our feet? If you have not yet made the decision, make the decision to follow Jesus today. He says you'll be born again. You'll get a new life that lasts forever. Come on, I'm going to give just a second for everybody to get settled. saved have you been born again have you turned away from your sins have you put your trust in your faith in jesus christ you don't have to totally and completely understand it you just have to do something with what he did for you have you believed in him have you surrendered your heart to him If you made a decision to follow Jesus, maybe you just want to close your eyes for a second because this is super personal and even though it becomes the most public decision you've ever made, it starts with a very personal, a personal decision. If you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You want to do it today. Maybe you already did it as you were sitting there. But today you say, that's me. Just lift your hand up real quick. All right? Anybody else say, that's me. Okay? Anybody else say, that's me. Today I surrender my life to Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to repent of my sins. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Okay? Those of you that raise your hands, you can put it down if you'd like. You can leave it up if you'd like. Anybody else say that's me? Okay. You know, I keep getting this feeling. There's, there's a couple more, and you ought not. <laughs> you ought not leave today without being sure that you've made that decision. Anybody else? Okay. Very simply, I'm going to pray this prayer. It is not magic. Just repeating it won't do anything. But if you mean it with your heart, you'll be saved. You can know that your name is written in the book of life. It's very simple. Maybe we could all say it together in support of those who are making this decision for the first time or coming back to God today. Let's say, Lord Jesus Christ, you came, you lived without sin, and you were judged for me. In my place, you took the consequences of my sin to forgive me, to set me free. Jesus, I believe. I believe. I repent. I turn away from sin. Help me, Jesus. I want to live for you. Send your Holy Spirit to live inside of me. Help me to follow you the rest of my days. Jesus, today, come on everybody, Jesus Christ, today I confess you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.